ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, August 18th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite program phone lines. That's right, 877-420-TONK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste. It's only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Uh, coming up on the program, we're going to hear from John Mercer, Marshall's tennis coach. We're going to welcome him here in about the next 10 minutes. So looking forward to talking to him. And as we have time, we will get your phone calls in. You can also find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. So I invite you to do that. I think the first thing we want to talk about today is the uh, schedule announcement. Now, yesterday, we had Marshall University Director of Athletics, Mike Hamrick, on the program. And we were talking about the Appalachian game that was added to the schedule. And that's going to be on September 19th. And he had indicated he wants six home games. Well, he got six home games. And the announcement came today that on September 5th, Marshall would open up the home season, season against EKU. So that's going to be at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Ten games, six are going to be in Huntington. Marshall, of course, many times has played EKU. The record is 11-8-1, 32-16 victory back in 2018. You remember that game. And you've got a really good, I think, EKU team coming into Huntington if the game is played. Walt Wells is their first-year coach. The team went 7-5 and five last season. They were 5-3 and three in the Ohio Valley Conference. So you've got, I think, a solid opening game they're going to play in Huntington, and then the following week they're going to play in Morgantown. So EKU, they're still playing. Marshall at this time still playing. We just don't know yet what it's going to look like, what game day is going to look like, because you still got to figure out what is going to happen. The university, I'm sure, will have some say in what game day is going to look like. Of course, you've got local and state officials. You've got guidelines. You've got procedures for fan attendance. What will fan attendance look like? I mean, are you playing these games in empty stadiums? Probably not. Are you playing these games in full stadiums? Probably not. So what's that going to look like? Is it going to be 20%, 30%, 40%? I mean, I, I don't want to say 50%. I, I don't think it would happen. I don't think 50% is going to be a number you can hit. And, of course, Mike Hamrick yesterday on the program said, look, if you want to be at the Thundering Herd football games this year, you better have a season ticket because I don't think you're going to have walk-up. So if you're a season ticket holder and if you can go to the game, you should be good. Whatever the game plan is going to be, if you're a season ticket holder, you're probably going to have a way to get to the game. Now, does whatever they're going to do mean that there's going to be less of a presence in the luxury suites, the president's box, the press row, everything inside the press box? I mean, I would think that's going to be even more of a distanced world because you can't have that many people just congregating in these luxury boxes. And who's going to be the mask police there? I mean, seriously, who's going to be the police there to go in and say, look, you, you got to have a mask on at all times. You've got people wandering the hallways. You have people who are going to be in small areas 
congregating together, what's that going to look like? And, of course, we don't know yet. And that's the fair thing to say. We don't know yet. I mean, still, we don't know what tailgating is going to look like. I don't think we're going to have tailgating. If you have a premium spot, you're going to get to park, and you're going to get to go to the game. Will the municipalities across the country allow tailgating around college football campuses? I don't know. I'm more interested in what's going to happen here in Huntington. Will we see a crackdown on tailgating? Like, oh, look, you can park. That's great. That's fine. But don't pull out the grill thinking you're going to have a good old time here. We're not going to allow that. That's what I'm still interested in seeing what happens. And, of course, we've got a few weeks. Not that many, though. The The line is here now. I mean, Marshall pushed the line up. You're thinking, okay, September 12th, that's going to be the line for Marshall. We'll know hopefully by September 12th, what the season's going to look like. What's it going to look like at Jones C. Edwards Stadium? Well, we'll find out on September 19th. No, the line is September 5th. So to sign that contract, you've got to have at least some confidence in the ability to put the game on. I just don't have the answers for you as far as what the fan experience will look like. And to be honest, if we're just going by season tickets, there's probably going to be some seat redistribution. There's going to be some spreading out. You're not going to be able to hang out with all your friends. You might see them from a distance, just depending on where you're placed. And, of course, there's going to be clusters. So if you've got a family of four, you're going to be clustered together, and there's going to be some distancing between you and others in the stadium. That's all going to happen, or at least I think it's going to happen. And, of course, you heard yesterday we're going to go to digital ticketing. We're going to see ticketing enter into the app phase of the 21st century. This is how tickets are going to go now because the cost of printing tickets. All you have to do is uh, do it electronically, and you can track it. You can keep you – know, you don't lose it. Unless you lose your phone, you don't lose it. And, of course, there's going to be some people who are going to have to print their tickets. Digital printing, that means basically – I guess they're going to have to scan those. Uh, everyone will catch up eventually because, again, not everyone has an iPhone or an Android phone, so they don't have apps. There will be, I'm sure, some some different ways for you to use the technology because, ultimately, you're trying to have as little contact with people as possible. I mean, that's where we're at right now. And for the better, a lot of these changes I don't think are going away. I mean, for example, I went to go get lunch today, and they hand me the credit card reader now. They actually just hold it out, and then I insert the card in, and I don't have to hand her the card, the window. She didn't have to touch my card. That's where we're going with a lot of this here. And so we're getting to the point now where if you have an app, you're going to be able to scan your app. You don't have to touch anything. You just scan your app. It comes up. Okay, you're good. Come on in. Eliminate some of that process, but that's where we're at right now. September 5th, if there is a season, again, you can schedule these games, but something could happen between now and September 5th. There could be something that could come down and say, look, you're not having this game, or okay, we're going to have this game. But Eastern Kentucky, from a opponent standpoint, just the game itself, I'm cool with it. I liked playing EKU when Marshall was in the Southern Conference, I like that series. A lot of those games, of course, we're talking about the 1AA playoffs. I loved beating EKU. It was fun because I went to an EKU game as a student 
to their half-built stadium, you know, the stadium with one side. And I went to a game, and it was just – their fans were atrocious. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember you people. And and so I do. And so every time Marshall beats them, you know, I um, I smile. I'm like the Grinch. You know, my heart grows three sizes every time Marshall beats EKU because it just brings warmth to my heart because uh, that's how bad of an experience it was uh, when it was um, Marshall at EKU. My first year, I believe it was my first year, it was a a student government-sponsored bus trip, and I went, and they were not fun people to hang out with at EKU, and I've never forgotten that. But we're going to turn our attention. Uh, John Mercer is going to join me on the program on the other side of the break. I'm looking forward to talking to him. John's my buddy. Uh, John's not just the tennis coach at Marshall University. He's my guy. He's my friend. Uh, we talk hockey all the time. And uh, he brought me back a hat a few years ago when he was out in Vegas. So I have a Vegas Golden Knights hockey hat now that I still wear to this day, thanks to John Mercer. And I root for the Vegas Golden Knights now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll talk to John when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Let's welcome to the program now the head coach of the Marshall women's tennis team and my good friend John Mercer. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, we haven't had this talk in a while. I don't know when we're going to have tennis to talk about, so I guess we can talk about when we're going to have tennis to talk about. That could be something we could yeah. talk about. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I was thinking it was time to get you back on the show for several reasons. One, because, well, I don't know what's happening with fall sports. Maybe you know something, so you can help me out here. Um, I talked to um, talked to your boss yesterday, Mike Hamrick. Okay. Uh, I I didn't put again a word for you because I thought that might damage you more. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that concern. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, no, if I put a good word in for John with with Mr. Hamrick, it it might backfire on me and him. So let's not do that. But, um, you know, Marshall's moving forward with football. The NCAA, of course, has um, come out and they are making their edicts here and there and you know, it's a, it's a jumbled mess right now, and caught in the middle are, are coaches like you and your student-athletes as far as what to do, what the landscape's going to look like. So using tennis as the example, what's the landscape look like for you right now? Uh, well, right now, uh, you know, when I'm told by my boss uh, that I work through, through Beatrice Crane, you know, who's the SWA, in charge of you know, our women's sports, and I'm still being given the green light. So, um, you know, I, you know, speak with her about once a week and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, where are we? What do we do? She, you know, tells me, Hey, just keep planning like you normally would plan. Uh, so really that, that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, now of course, every day is it's like everything else in the world. Every day is an adventure. Uh, so, you know, all of a sudden out of blue, we go, you know, I get a call from the coach at the college of Charleston. We usually go down and play a tournament there beginning of November and they have to cancel the tournament because now they've been, you know, shut down for the fall. 
so they can't, obviously can't host the tournament. So uh, we basically had five events in the fall that we were supposed to play. Uh, there was another tournament, our regional tournament, which was supposed to see UVA. And, of course, the ACC shut down their sports for the fall, except for football. So now uh, our regional head uh, committee is trying to find another site for teams to play that are still playing. Uh, so a lot like football, it's kind of like right now you have certain conferences uh, that are allowing uh, you know their teams to play in the fall as of now. Uh, you know you have certain schools that have shut down certain school, fall sports but are allowing a sport like tennis to compete still. Um, so it, it's just it's very hodgepodge, uh, but you know those are the things that you know, us as a tennis program, we didn't have any control over. So right now we've really just been working and trying to get our student athletes on campus, trying to get them all tested, uh, you know, which, you know, the school's done a great job doing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're quarantining the ones that have come in, our international kids. Uh, we have 10 kids on the team this year. We have four international, six Americans, the international kids have to quarantine for 14 days uh, before they're allowed to attend class. Uh, which is coming up, but uh, you know, there's just a lot of little details like that that normally you don't have in our world that we're now having to address. And sometimes what happens is that one issue might lead into, uh, or one question that I might ask might lead into two, three, four other questions. <laughs> and so it feels like you're always trying to figure out, okay, where do we go next? But uh, that's what the plan is right now. You know, right now we're planning on still playing three out of our five tournaments. Uh, still planning on uh, us, uh, WVU, uh, Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia, University of Charleston, and uh, App State are planning on coming up, and we're planning on playing a tournament uh, in the middle of September uh, in Charleston, uh, Wampow Park, uh, that area over there. So uh, we're just you know, gearing up and trying to get ready to, to do that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll happen. Uh, it'll be something for, uh, all of us to look forward to because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy task to sit there and say, okay, let's just practice for the next 14 weeks <laughs> and, uh, not really get to compete. Everybody likes to compete. So, um, I think we'd all like to do that. So that's kind of where we are and, uh, what we're trying to do. Do you just like doctor up, and your doctor calls up the other doctor for the uh, the team in question, and go, okay, uh, let's see what you got. <laughs> let's uh, let's see your stats. I mean, is it uh-huh. is it a matter of um, well, doctor versus doctor now? What, what's the deal? Yeah. So you know, the one thing about our first fall tournament hosting, you know, we did this last year. It was West Virginia's first year we did it. We had six teams. Uh, this year we were hoping to have eight, and we had teams like Charlotte coming in and. A couple Youngstown State, a couple other ones uh, were looking to come in, and uh, you know they had to pull out because they got shut down or they weren't allowed to travel or so on. You know, the nice part about doing WVU is we're kind of on the same page because you know a lot of things that happen with WVU also happen with Marshall. Uh, you know, since uh, you know we're obviously in the same state, so it, it's kind of interesting that you know you kind of hear a little bit behind the scenes. It's very similar. Uh, you know, a lot of the conversations that are happening within the athletic part. I'm sure that's because, you know, you're looking at two state universities and they're hearing the same thing from the health department, the governor and everything else, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what they're, uh, you know, what they recommend for their sports and so on. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, it's just you're kind of taking it all now, you know, you know, just with a grain of salt. You know, hopefully teams want to play, coaches want to play. Uh, you know, I think the mentality is, is that if you can get there, if you can travel there. And I think, you know, we had that conversation a long time ago, back in February, March, you and I, uh, where the actual sport of tennis isn't really very uh, hard to social distance. <laughs> uh, it's actually being played a fair amount. They're going to play the U.S. Open this year. Uh, the Western and Southern Open, which is usually held in Cincinnati, is actually getting ready to start. Uh, like in the next week, uh, and they're hosting that in New York, and a lot of the players are already in New York, and they're hosting the U.S. Open coming up. There just won't be any fans. Uh, but, you know, it'll be good on TV, and uh, it's kind of something they've been doing for the summer on a smaller scale, uh, but, you know, they've started gearing up these tournaments to kind of try to work them to see what they can do, and I know uh, the French Open, they're planning on trying to do that, uh, you know, a little bit later, I think end of September, maybe October, um, so they're still trying to put that together and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, tennis is kind of natural when it comes to the social distancing thing and the ability to kind of do that. So now it becomes more an element of traveling and, uh, you know, traveling safely and, uh, you know, eating and, you know, everything that comes along with the traveling. Uh, but I think the actual playing of the sport isn't very hard. To, that's not a hard, hard deal. So, um, I think, um, you know, I, I, it's just where we are and uh, I think it can be done, uh, you know, from our standpoint, again, you know, the question becomes, and I'm, certain, I'm sure you've heard this a little bit, you know, the football deal, you know, the, the argument is, is that, you know, you're still going to ask all these athletes, you know, tennis players, okay, you're going to practice 20 hours a week. You're going to do the same schoolwork you're going to do online, uh, you know, or you're doing virtual schooling. You know, maybe you have one class or whatever where you're social distancing in class and so on. And so on. You're still eating on campus, cafeteria. You're still doing all that, whether you go play a sporting event or not. Uh, the question is, is, you know, do you travel on a Friday, play a sporting event on a Saturday, travel back, you know, Sunday morning or so on? And, you know, in that instance, you kind of have them all under the control. And coaches kind of, you know, you know what they're doing. Uh, you know where they are. You know where you're eating. You know how you're traveling and so on and so on. Or, if you cancel those events now, basically Friday, Saturday night becomes free time for the kids, for our student athletes and my players. <laughs> and you know, how much control can you really expect to have uh, at that point? You know, at that point, I think you're just hoping they have, uh, make a lot of good choices. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, go from there. So, you know, my thinking is, is that sometimes, I mean, right. You stay for off, you know, competing because it's kind of, you know, the, the, the student athletes want to do it. They're fine with the protocols and, you know, the coaches overseeing what they're doing and they kind of feel safer doing that than going out and, you know, saying, okay, you know, you guys are free, do whatever you want, you know, Friday, Saturday night, you know, invite all your friends over and play video games or something. <laughs> you know, that might not be good. <laughs> do you so, really think, do you really think your, your squad's going home asking their friends to come play video games? Do you really think that? My squad? Your squad. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you... if we had a men's tennis team, I think they would. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I don't think your team, uh, I don't think they're going home and saying, hey, let's um, yeah, let's play Mar- Mario Party or something. You know, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I, it's just a dicey, you know, it, it's just 
you know, the question becomes, what do they do when they're, uh, you know, during their free time? John Mercer is so, my guest, Marshall yep. tennis coach, and uh, didn't mean cut you off there, coach. I never know. No, uh, okay. I, I want to ask. You're good. Your show. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Travel's my my question. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be chartering? You're going to be taking a commercial? Or are you going to be busing? You know, what's the um, what's the guidelines there? Well, normally, and- yeah. So normally we just take, we take a van. Our team does a van. Uh, occasionally we've done bus. And this is where you're talking about. You're just kind of playing these things day to day. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, that's something that you know, if we get to that point where – uh, you know, we're still, you know, given the green light, we're going to play in these events. You know, that's something that, you know, we're going to have to sit down uh, with the boss and be like, okay, how do you want us to get there and back? Uh, but, you know, I think that's something that, again, comes into, you know, everybody just understanding what's going on and trying to be flexible. I mean, that's the biggest lesson out of this whole thing is that, you know, you have to be patient. You know, I think, you know, as a society, we just have gotten so anxious that we want to know exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen and as coaches as things are you know things you always want to be able to control and do <laughs> you want that control and do because you like to plan things out and have things exactly done and in situations like this you just you can't always do it i mean it might be a week before we leave that we're doing it you know probably we're deciding what to do how are we going to travel you know how are we going to do that um you know of course you know if the testing you know, it depends what the testing period is. You know, could you put, you know, 10 people in a 15-passenger van and travel safely? You know, I'm sure everybody will have to wear masks uh, while you're traveling the van, but at the same time, uh, you know, you can't really social distance, but, you know, if everyone's been tested, you know, within the last 24 hours, is it, you know, is it a safe call? I don't know. You know, those, those are the things that, you know, people hear in the media that are true. I mean, that, that, that's true. You're trying to figure these things out, and uh, there's just so many issues. You just kind of are making lists and going, okay, how are we going to solve this one? How are we going to solve this one? And you just kind of keep, you know, going down that list and just, you know, try to take all the information you have and try to figure it out, uh, you know, as, as it becomes necessary. I take it not too many trips to Texas and the herd's future here. No, that's one thing that we pulled off. So we had to revamp our spring schedule. So everything that we have in the springs was in driving distance. Uh, you know, hopefully spring things, you know, are getting ironed out, you know, and, and things are better off. Uh, uh, you know, who knows where we'll be at that point. But, yeah, the schedule uh, has been modified. There's no flying trips. Everything's driving. Uh, so on and so on. You know, maybe we'll end up taking buses now. You know, if you have a ton of team or eight or a team of ten, or you have, you know, eight or however we're traveling, and we chartered a bus, that would, you know, obviously you can social distance on that, uh, you know. But that's something that again, you know, our physicians, trainers, you know, I don't think that's going to be my decision. I think that's going to be, you know, administrators' decision. You know, how do we want the tennis team to travel? You know, based on what, what information's out there at that time. John Mercer joining me, Marshall Women's Tennis Coach. And, of course, uh, you've been impacted almost the most here. I mean, football is going to be able to – if they can pull this off, they're going to play. Uh, you are there for ground zero of this. And uh, you know, will we ever play tennis again is, I'm sure, going through your mind uh, right now. Hey, it's been how long now? 
<laughs> yeah, since uh, February. So uh, toward the end of February, first week of March, I think was our first cancellation. So right in that period there. So yeah, so it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while, but you know they they've started things up. I mean, there's uh, junior tournaments going on right now. Uh, our coaches association, uh, along with UTR, is actually putting together which is coming up a fall tournament schedule, which uh, kids can go play independently, which is an interesting concept. So we'll kind of have to see how that play, uh, you know, plays out, uh, you know, and you know how much control you have over the kids. Can you go and play? Let's say there's a tournament in Charleston. There's a tournament in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, for a practice in 20 hours a week, get a kid on their own, go to Cincinnati and sign up for a tournament there and go play that tournament, uh, you know, just on their own accord. Uh, you know, can they do that as long as they're not school sponsored or anything? So, uh, that I think is, you know, that's a concept that has caught fire. Uh, you know, it has really been put together by our, you know, National Coaches Association. And I think they're trying to make offer as many opportunities as possible for uh, you know the college student athletes to play. It's just going to be a different idea, a different format than what I'm talking about when we're traveling as a team and so on and so on. You know, traveling to different you know kind of competing as a team. Uh, basically, the kids are just trying to get matches on their own and uh, you know in their own tournaments and so on. And and as crazy as that sounds, it's actually a uh, it, it's actually been going on to a certain extent. It's all, you know, as bizarre as that is, because it's almost like taking, let's say, you had a football player and they can be a football player. Then all of a sudden they had like an off weekend and they just went off and played just a football team for, you know, played for somebody else, played on their own, uh, you know, on the off weekend and then came back to, you know, Marshall and started playing, you know, Marshall. Uh, but, you know, these individual sports, you know, you can actually do that. Uh, you can have players leave and go play a pro tournament. They can't take the money because, you know, they're an amateur. But, uh, you know, they could take a weekend off and travel to Alabama, and Arkansas, or wherever, and, you know, go play a pro tournament there and uh, come back and be back in school and back in practice on Monday. John Mercer, my guest, Marshall tennis coach, uh, fall sports, spring sports, all a jumble right now. Uh, I guess my follow-up question to that is if a, a player is allowed to do that, you know, are you going to put them in quarantine for for fourteen days, or seven days? Again, right. yeah, because they're leaving right. your bubble, and that's been the right. argument for a lot of athletic departments. That once these kids leave the bubble, the mini bubble, the right. care of the athletic department, uh, it's you know they're safer with us than they are without us, and that right. seems to be. Um, I mean, for the most part, that's holding water. That that argument is holding some water. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the question, you know, that's the, you know, our six football conferences, right. That are willing to play. <laughs> I think that's your argument. And, you know, you kind of, you just have two sides to it. Uh, you know, and who's to say who's right right now. I, I don't know. I mean, I can't answer that question. So uh, I'm not privy to all the medical information that's out there. And I'm sure that, you know, both sides have reasons for what, you know, what they're doing and, you know, they feel that they're really trying to look out for the best interests of the kids. So uh, I think when it's all said and done, I mean, you might look back and be like, okay, one decision was probably better than the other decision. But, 
you know, ultimately what you're hoping is that everybody stays you know, stays healthy and, uh, you know, we can kind of, kind of work through it. Hopefully come December, January, there's a vaccine out there, right? You know, that's something that can, uh, you know, really help kind of move things along. John Mercer with me, Marshall women's tennis coach. Let's just say tennis coach. It's not a men's team, so you're just tennis coach. Let's just <laughs> let's go ahead and just, just elevate you. You're coach of all tennis at Marshall there University. You go. Um, there you go. The um, <laughs> I guess the the big question now is you're in a good spot. I think that's fair to say because early on we saw a lot of programs decide to part ways with uh, some of their programs, and tennis seemed to get hit a lot. Mm-hmm. And were you sitting back and thinking, okay, I'm glad that's not happening here. I hate that it's happened, but at the same time, boy, I'd like to phone that you know, that player that just lost a team right now and offer them a spot. I mean, you had to have mixed emotions about the whole thing because now there's some players out there, and, and maybe, just maybe, there's one you'd like to bring to Marshall, but you hate to think that because at the same time, you know, that school just lost a tennis right. program, and that's not good for the health of the sport. No, no, it's not good for the health of the sport. It's not good for sports in general. Uh, it's not good for universities in general. Uh, you know, I it, it's a it's a it's a tough one. I mean, at one time, I think there were fifty programs lost. I think there were twenty six men and twenty four women. Uh, so, uh, but that's across all levels of play. So, you know, meaning Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, you know, that that whole scenario. Uh, they're really in, you know, me looking, there weren't any Power Five schools that were lost. Uh, there were more, uh, you know, some group of five and some, you know, that weren't in the group of five. Uh, a couple that we actually played, which was a real shame. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we were. We're not a good team to play because it seemed like a lot of teams that we played uh, ended up dropping it, but not a lot, but a couple of them. So like you know, East Carolina, who we played in the past, Winthrop, who we've always played, who's had excellent teams. They'd won eight of the last ten Big South championships, and they dropped both their men's and women's program. And Akron. Uh, now that being said, those three, they were really the only. There might have been one more, three or four, like D one schools that were like you know, quality programs uh, that were really up there, in my opinion, uh, that that were lost. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's good. I mean, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of arguments that go on right now as far as, you know, what sports bring to the university and uh, what money is actually made off the sports. So uh, that's kind of a really interesting topic because there's been some, articles written about how you know if you have kids coming in and they're not on full scholarships and they're paying tuition room and board books and so on you know you're really not losing that significant amount of money because you know they're actually paying their way to go to school so uh, you know but i mean you know it's a tough one because again you know i'm not privy to what every athletic director every you know, university president or so on, all the information that they have, you know, where they are. I'm sure there's so many variables that go into it, you know, donations from boosters, facilities, 
uh, you know, history of the program, uh, you know, coaching staff, you know, just a whole, you know, where kids are recruited from, you know, who we, you know, putting on, you know, who we bringing in here. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of information that goes into these decisions. And I think that's why you found that it wasn't just tennis that was kind of being hit. You found other programs that kind of were shocking, you know, baseball went at Bowling Green, soccer at Cincinnati, you know, like these teams these schools were getting hit and you're like, going, wow, you know, why that sport, you know, but again, you know, you probably have to really be sitting, you have to be the fly on the wall to kind of be hearing, you know, the breakdown of exactly why this is happening. But it's really unfortunate because it's just, you know, for a student athlete, this is for every single one of them, this is four years in their life. You do this one time and that's it. And, you know, I can't tell you, you know, how many young females I've had in there. Uh, as my boss always says, you need to prepare them better than this. But, I mean, they're in there and they play their last match in their last day here because they're like they just don't want to be done they're like this is this is really what i want to do you know i love playing tennis i love competing for marshall and now i can't do that anymore you know it's not because of a health reason or you know it's not like you're a professional athlete you just can't perform anymore you might be playing the best you've ever played in your life and now all of a sudden you know you're like okay you can't play anymore <laughs> you're four years around sorry <laughs> you know your career is over and uh yeah, that, that's a tough one. That, that is a really hard one for, you know, a lot of student athletes. And uh, I think, you know, that's a whole other topic in itself outside of, you know, beside the COVID thing. But, uh, you know, that's, I think that's kind of a lost part of all the COVID thing. You know, these kids are losing, you know, the ability to do something they've dreamed of and worked towards, you know, their whole young life, you know, since they were kids. They might have wanted to compete for a Marshall or a WVU or, Ohio State or one of these Virginia, one of these schools, and now they're not actually getting to do it, and that's a, that's a tough one. That is really hard on them. John Mercer, my guest, Marshall tennis coach, also a hockey fan. Not this week though. Um, hey, uh, when, <laughs> when do the when do the Pens play again? <laughs> they're on vacation, apparently. Still on vacation. Yeah, they're on vacation. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Yeah. They're probably on vacation <laughs> like the Rangers are. But how did the Rangers get the first draft pick? Because it was destiny. Yeah, it, it, was it was just rigged. destiny. It was not rigged. It was, rigged. it was not rigged. It's always rigged. It's always rigged so the Penguins get the first draft start, pick. Start time they rigged it so the Rangers get the first draft start pick. Start shining up the, the Stanley Cup. Just start shining it up now. Enjoy it while you can with it being Somewhere not in New York City because it's coming to New York City and the Rangers. It's coming. <sighs> if we can just get uh, Artemi then, Panarin to perform in the postseason. But you know what? I, I thought it was brilliant. They had me fooled too because they tanked. I mean, obviously they tanked because they didn't, they just, they were performing well. And then all of a sudden they get into the bubble and just, I mean, they, they it was a ploy. It was a ploy and a play for the first round draft pick and it worked. And so, uh, start loading up the Rangers, buddy. Start loading them up. Oh, boy. Well, the only benefit of that is that I'm sure then you'll call me every week to be on the show because you just want to tell me how the Rangers are doing. I mean, we can we can arrange that if you like. Is that right? Um, we can arrange <laughs> that, sure. I mean, hey, look, I say nice things about you because guess what? I um, I have my, my Vegas Golden Knights hat, my cap, 
I'll be wearing it go. tonight because I'll be taking on the dreaded Blackhawks. You know the Blackhawks, America's favorite hockey yeah. team, according to NBC. Uh, and, you. you know, the, the Blackhawks uh, lead that series. Oh, wait, no, they don't because the uh, Knights lead that 3-1. to one. Uh, yep. Oh, by the way, I'll have you, room for Flurry. Yeah, your favorite, your other favorite team, yeah. uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, won against Montreal. Uh, so, well, yeah, you, you, just, are you rooting for Montreal? Right. Are you really rooting for Montreal? I'm rooting for Vegas now. Okay, well, you should. That's what I'm rooting Mark for. Mark Andre Flurry is the goalie. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, he's great. The Capitals will get eliminated tonight against the Islanders, and the uh, Stars and Flames later tonight. But uh, yeah, the Flyers, uh, the other team in. That's, yeah. Pennsylvania, you I know, see a trend. Is there a trend? It seems like the younger teams are all like the teams with the younger rosters are all having more success than the older teams. Could be Is that a trend? Uh, might be. I'm not sure. No. But uh, at least yeah. we have hockey in the bubble, and uh, you know, yeah. I know none of your favorite teams are there, but hey, at least well, yeah. well, one of our favorite teams are there. I'm interested to see what after it's all said and done, what the players say about playing without fans. What do you think? Um, I'm sure they prefer prefer to have the fans as with anyone. But you have to be honest. Um, once you play for the Stanley Cup, I don't think it matters where you play. You're playing for the Stanley Cup. And if you don't True. bring it, you get sent home. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah. yeah. Penn just didn't seem to have energy. They just didn't seem, I don't know. I give the fans, maybe by the time you're kind of getting down to the semis, in the finals and you're actually playing for the Stanley Cup. But, you know, when you're out there playing these early rounds, you know, there's still kind of a distant thing out there, you know. But it's just like, I don't know, they just seem flat. They just – or it's a sense of urgency, right? Well, so. you're playing for the Stanley Cup, sir. There is uh, <laughs> there's always urgency. Famous words of my wife in her coaching days. So uh, we need a sense of urgency here, ladies. So, pick it up a little bit. All right, Tukarasic. Okay, Tukarasic. <laughs> All right. I see where yeah. you fall on this. Ah, it's not playoff. It's not playoff hockey. I'm going home. I'm just yeah. going home. I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I respect know. his decision, but still, like, you know, he, yeah, so tough. Yeah, he basically yeah. Th- said this was not this was not Stanley Cup hockey. I'm going home, and um, yeah. that's um. He's a guy who was uh, – I mean, yeah, you're, you're living in a bubble, and you can't do that with yeah, college you athletics. Are. You can't do that. Well, I heard it was pretty nice. Pretty nice. Because uh, I actually worked with one of the – well, he's now one of the former Penn's assistant coaches. <laughs> His daughter uh, does tennis, and he, she was saying that it was actually – she said actually a lot of hockey players played tennis while they were there in Toronto. Oh, nice. It was a, it was a big thing to do. There you go. Uh, that, a lot of tennis going on, yeah. That could be, um, yeah. That could be a, a source of revenue for yeah. you right there. <laughs> I can get in that bubble, right? I think so. you can. Just, just make a phone call. Put, <laughs> uh, a few lessons on Yeah, just uh, make a phone call. Drop my name in. to Gary Bettman. Let him know I sent you. It, it'll be all good. You know, because we go way back, me and Gary. Oh, I'm just so. curious. Answer me this before I let you go. Yeah. Yep. When the Stanley Cup is hoisted in Edmonton, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. team. When the when the cup is hoisted, and Gary Bettman's on the ice, and they they're pretty good in Edmonton. They're funny. They they have a sense of humor behind the scoreboard and and the presentation and everything. I mean, they 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 have some serious humor there. 
and I hope the league has already planned this, uh, will there be the sound mix? Will there be the usual booing for Gary Bettman? The sound guy has got the got the authorization <laughs> to boo Gary Bettman when he hits the ice. It's a tradition. You know what? If right? if Bettman was on board with tradition. that, I'm serious. If he got on board with that and said, "Oh yeah, jack it up," I think he would become yeah. uh, the second most beloved commissioner in yeah. sports. Um, that would be that would be a good move. Yeah, because sure he is a good, yeah, yeah. I think it's out. I think at this point, all those guys. Have a yeah, because I think Adam Silver right now is the guy. Yeah, Silver's the guy, but I think Batman right. goes right to number two if he if he says, you know what, hit the boo button. Let's just boo me, yeah. boo me off, <laughs> boo me off the ice. Bring it on, huh? bring it Bring on. it on. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Well, we'll look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. So hey, we'll see. We'll talk yeah. hockey we can soon. All tweet him. Can all tweet him booze? How about that? That yeah, works for me yeah, too. Oh, yeah. We'll do this soon. We'll talk <laughs> hockey soon, and um, uh, um, thanks. yeah, it yeah. won't it won't be yeah. Ranger or Penguins hockey, but we'll talk hockey soon. Uh, no, all right, sounds good. Thank you, sir. So Appreciate you, you. Have a good day. Go hard. That is John Mercer, everyone. Uh, we're going to come back and wrap this one up here. It's the Drive, ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Never miss a moment of the drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Tuesday, August 18th edition. The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Speaking of John Mercer in our previous segment, lots of sporting events going on. We, of course, got the NHL in the bubble. And if you didn't catch it, the Philadelphia Flyers beating the Montreal Canadiens and their game... 2 nothing, and now Philadelphia leads that series three games to one later on this evening. It will be the Capitals taking on the Islanders uh, with a 3 nothing lead. The Islanders can wrap that series up tonight at 8 o'clock. No score yet, but the Stars and Flames are going to be uh, in battle soon. Best way to describe it, that series tied two games apiece. That's a pretty good series so far. And the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights, uh, Vegas can close it out coming up tonight, 10.30 p.m. I'm looking forward to that one if I can stay up late because, well, let's just be honest, there's a lot of hockey, and I'm not complaining, but, boy, they hit you with it all at once. It's been fun, and now we got to throw on top of that basketball. We have basketball. That's right. And right now, with about a minute 32 to go in the third, it's the Heat leading the Pacers 80-76 to in Game 1 of their first-round matchup. Magic beat the Bucks 122-110. to Coming up later, it'll be the Thunder and the Rockets, and then you've got the Trailblazers and the Lakers. I'm probably going to watch that one. I might jump in on that one. That's coming up tonight. It's going to be 9 o'clock. I might look at that one before I look at uh, the late-night hockey game. And of course, I'm going to be honest with you. I love hockey. It, it's fun. It's my favorite sport. But at some point, I had to give it up last night. I had to just say, no, I can't do this anymore because of the fact that that's just too much. Avalanche beat the Coyotes yesterday, seven to one. Seven to one. Now I like high-scoring games, and now if Colorado was my team, my my team, I probably would tell you something different. But Colorado, 
just destroyed the Coyotes. Jared Bednar, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, of course, former Huntington Blizzard player, head coach of a National Hockey League team, and they looked good last night. Uh, Lightning beat the Blue Jackets 2-1, so sorry, Columbus. Columbus could be out of this thing here sooner than later because the Lightning lead it 3-1. And tomorrow, high noon. we got hockey high noon tomorrow. Hurricanes could be out of this thing, too, tomorrow because they take on the Bruins at 4 o'clock. And we can see every team that has a lead, a 3-1 lead, playing tomorrow. So we can see the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes, the Coyotes, and the Canadians all bounce from this thing tomorrow. Of course, Capitals could get bounced tonight. Blackhawks could get bounced tonight. We're getting down to uh, starting to, to lose some teams here, but that's not a bad thing because then we can – because I don't know. I'm here for it. I really am, but at the same time, I'm not here for it because noon hockey, I can't watch noon hockey all the time. Yeah, I know. I can't do it all the time. I'm not complaining, though, because I live in a world now where I have to worry about, hey, can I get all the hockey in at 12, 4, 5, 38 and 10.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. And I live in a world now where I have to worry about four hockey games today and a bunch of NBA games going on at the same time. And don't forget baseball action, depending on if your team gets to play or not, all coming up in a day. I mean, we were dying for sports, and now look at what we have. We have all of it. And then on top of that, uh, we get more Marshall football news. And again, Marshall will be taking on EKU. Thundering Herd, if allowed to play, I don't know who gets to make that final decision, but the athletic department moving forward as if they will be playing, and EKU will be playing at Jones C. Edwards Stadium on September 5th, followed by the road trip at ECU September 12th, Appalachian State at Jones C. Edwards Stadium September 19th. Yeah, unless the herd fills that open date in between the first conference game and the next game will be October 3rd against Rice with a couple of weeks in between FAU on the road at Western Kentucky and La Tech. And then you got uh, the October 31st game at FIU. You then do you, you try to fill that November 7th date or do you just leave that and go with the back-to-back home games on November 14th and 21st? You got 10 games. You get 10 games. Do you need do you need another one? Do you need a couple more? Or do you keep it at 10 and space it out a little? Because you got some spacing there as well. I mean, if you look at this, you, you've got some potential here to space it out, keep your kids in hopefully quarantine of a sort. Again, this isn't going to be a bubble, so you're hoping that your kids follow the guidelines, do what they need to do to, to try to stay uh, safe as possible. Try to keep them, I don't want to say under lock and key, but at the same time, you want to make sure you lock these kids down. Keep them supervised. Probably the best way to describe that. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank John Mercer, head coach of the Marshall Tennis Team, for joining me. Thanks to him giving us some insights on what's happening with at least tennis. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you can always go back and catch the podcast 
on your favorite podcast destination. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, some of my favorites. That's where you can find today's edition and every day's edition of The Drive. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, doing it all over again. Until then, good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.